there is nothing to condemn those who are held fast in Jesus Christ. God's Spirit determines our destiny, releasing us from rule and regulation. For God has done what regulations alone cannot do. He has come as one of us, dealt with our wrongdoing, satisfied all that the law requires. And so we walk in the ways of the Spirit, set our minds on the things of the Spirit. For without the Spirit of God, we cannot belong in God's family. But if Christ is in you, you are not contained even by human mortality. The Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. The God who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also. Good evening and a really warm welcome to you to Romford Baptist Church this evening as we celebrate God's goodness and look at his purpose and commission for our lives. My name is Ian, I'm one of the pastors here at Romford and Vicky, another of the pastors, will be preaching later in this service. As we come to worship, we're going to sing that very old, probably school hymn to many of us, One More Step Along the World. I go. Let us pray together. Our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you that as we travel from the old to the new, we do keep travelling along with you. We thank you, Lord, that you have travelled through our lives to this day and you will continue to travel through our lives for the rest of our lives. Lord, we thank you that your presence with us means that we're never alone. Your presence means, with us means that we can call on you at any time. And Lord, we come to you this evening in joy and adoration that we can worship you and proclaim you our Lord and our King, our Saviour and our Friend. And so, Lord, in this worship, come real to each one of us, we pray, as we declare afresh of what we believe. Amen. In our worship and in our prayers, as we have just sung that we believe, we believe in the God who speaks to us. Hearing God speak often means we need to learn to stop talking, to be and to allow his presence to overwhelm us. And so in this moment, as we come into worship and praise and to celebrate God's goodness for us, we're going to spend a few moments quiet before God and then have that very well-known song that we use many times, Speak, O Lord. Maybe in this quietness, before we sing this song, you're going to just say to God about what you need him to speak to you about. And then just be quiet. And as the music plays, may we hear God's voice into our lives. Let's be quiet for a moment.
speak. Speak, O Lord, into our lives at this time. Amen. Hopefully you receive the church's notice sheet. If you don't receive that and wish, would like to, if you could either email um, office at romfordbaptist.org.uk. That's office at romfordbaptist.org.uk. Or phone the church office or use the website contact us page. We would be delighted to add you to our email mailing list for the notices. You'll see that next week we hope to, uh, well, we will be having a morning service in person and next Sunday evening service will be online only. Please check out the youth and children's activities on the notice sheet. Thank you all those who give to the church regularly and your offerings. We praise God for all that we have been able to maintain during this COVID season. Let's give thanks to God for our prayers. Let us pray together. Lord, we thank you for all that we can offer. Our offering of our time and our talents, the offering of our resources. And Lord, as we have brought offerings to you, to this place, we thank you, Lord, for your hand upon them. And Lord, now we just pray that you will just take these offerings and that you will use them for your glory. We pray this in the name of our Lord and Saviour. Amen. Amen. And we're going to continue in our prayers. Let's pray together. Almighty God, we praise you for your creation, for all that you richly provide. Enable us to live in such a way that your majesty and mercy will be seen by all. Father, hear our prayer through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord, all governments rule under your authority. May they work for the good of those they rule, seeking your justice and peace in every law and action. We pray particularly for those who are on the margins, those who are overcome with poverty or sickness, that they will be cared for in this nation. Father, hear our prayer through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord, we pray for those who are engaged in industry and commerce, the media and education, sports and the arts. May they fulfil their responsibilities with integrity and an attitude of service. Father, hear our prayer through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And Lord, we pray that you will comfort and strengthen those who are gripped by poverty, weakened by illness or oppressed by cruelty. May they know your love and experience your care. Father, hear our prayer through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord, 
Lord, inspire your church here on earth to proclaim the gospel of your love in the death and resurrection of your Son. May all people hear the call to trust you. Father, hear our prayer through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And Lord, help your people to display your compassion to those in need. May the poor and the lost of this world find you. And may they find in you their true wealth and sure destiny. Refresh us and equip us, O God, to be your faithful and obedient people. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord who taught us to say when we pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our reading this evening is from 2 Timothy, starting to read at verse 10 of chapter 3. 2 Timothy, verse 10 of chapter 3. A final charge to Timothy from Paul. You, who, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, sufferings, what kind of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium and Lystra, the persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from them all. In fact, Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of. Because you know that those whom you, ha- whom you learnt it, and how from infancy you, beca- you have known the Holy Scriptures, which you are able to make you a wise for salvation through Christ Jesus. All Scriptures God breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. In the presence of God, and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead. And in a view of his appearing of his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For a time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather round them a great number of teachers saying what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you... 
Keep your head in all situations, endure hardships, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. As Vicky comes to speak to these, this passage, we have that song, Holy Words, Long Preserved. Good evening. I wonder if, like me, you've ever wondered if the Apostle Paul suffered from a doubt or a crisis of faith. When we came to the end of the Wednesdays at RBC course, God on Mute, just recently, and when we talked about the uh, number of questions that we may have had, such as, why does suffering happen? Or, when will God answer my prayer? Or, where was God when tragedy struck? We recognise that actually, even as Christians, it doesn't protect us from things going wrong. It doesn't protect us from sadness or disaster or pain. But actually, as Christians, what do we do? But we seek God in the midst of all that we're going through. And our theme for tonight is purpose and commissioning, knowing our purpose, but also recognising what it is as Christians that we are commissioned to do. There were so many helpful comments and, and, and quotes and, and um, just little sound bites during the teaching that Pete Gregg did on the course on God on Mute or in his book. Things that many of us have, have looked back on again and again, not just at the time, but have just referred back to it because they've just helped us to understand sometimes why we wonder where God is when things seem to be going wrong. One of the things Pete said was, silence from God doesn't mean his absence. And that was a really refreshing thing to remind ourselves of. Yes, sometimes God does seem silent, but it doesn't mean he's not with us in it. Another phrase that was, uh, I captured was, getting rid of God in the desperate times doesn't make the situation any better. But having the faith in God is what gives us hope in that desperate situation. And it's things like that that help us and encourage us. And I'm sure that for Paul, he would have, whether he used those quotes or something similar, helped him day by day in all that he faced. And yet our common default as Christians today, even at times of difficulties, is to say to God, as does the world, where is God in this? Rather than to trust God in what we are facing. And so back to my first question of, I wonder if Paul suffered a crisis of faith or suffered doubts. Of course, we don't know. But when we read passages like this from 2 Timothy 3, we are reminded that Paul knew what it was to face difficulty, but he knew what his purpose was, which was to continue to spread God's word. So firstly, the importance of holding on to truth. 
In those first few verses that we see in this passage from 2 Timothy 3, Paul is alluding to some of the difficulties that he himself faced as he went around preaching and teaching about God. He talks about his persecution, his sufferings. We know about the stoning and the verbal attacks by the false teachers. These all took place in places like Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, but many, many others too. So soon, in one sense, as he was going out to preach the message to places that hadn't heard about the good news of the gospel, Paul faced difficulty. And I wonder... Did he ever doubt that moment when God called him, that moment from the Damascus Road where Jesus came in and met him where he was? Or was it as a result of that amazing um, encounter with God that kept him going in the face of what he then himself suffered? What is it that helps you to keep going? What is it that helps you to hold on to the truth of knowing that God is with you? Have you ever listened to a missionary or someone who's really faced persecution, who perhaps has been imprisoned or tortured because of their faith? If you'd been on the course, you would have heard people who had indeed been tortured and persecuted for their faith. Have you ever asked yourself after one of those hearing one of those conversations. Would I have been strong enough? Could I have held on to my faith and continued to preach the gospel? Would I have been a bit like one of those disciples at the foot of the cross who'd run away, who betrayed Jesus, who fled when the soldiers came to arrest him in the garden of Gethsemane? Perhaps the honest truth is we simply don't know the answer to that because we've never found ourselves in that situation. But perhaps our persecution, so to speak, takes a different form. Perhaps it's things like we're being mocked by our family or friends because of our faith. Perhaps we are facing a lack of promotion because we are Christians and people don't want us to be seen as any higher up in our place of employment because they know of our Christian faith. Or perhaps it's those lack of invitations to parties or events because they're afraid that by inviting us as Christians, actually what's going to happen is that we'd be perhaps stuffy or condemnatory or we're perceived to be too boring. Now, of course, that's nothing like being persecuted or stoned or imprisoned, but actually it still has an impact on us, doesn't it? It still makes us feel, why? This doesn't feel fair, God. And if these last 18 months have taught us anything, it's that life is and has been hard. And yet talking to many of you, you've talked about how your faith has grown, how actually you've turned towards God during these last 18 months rather than away from him. Yes, we may have had questions. Yes, we may have wondered why things have happened, but we've found reasons to rejoice as well. We've looked for God in the midst of all that we are facing, and we can declare that God has been with us. One of the things that we've done in order to help us to keep seeing God with us is that we've looked back to the past. 
Let's think about the Israelites for a moment. When we look at the Old Testament, we can see again and again that reminder from God to the people, his people, the people of Israel, to look back into their past and to see God at work with them and how God had taken them into the promised land, how he brought them out of the promised land, out of, sorry, out of Egypt, and he led them into uh, the promised land. How he had sent judges and prophets to remind them to keep focused on him. Even in exile, we can see reminders of how people hung on to their faith because they looked back at what had happened and they realised that God loved them and hadn't left them. And we too need to do the same. Looking back at our own lives to that moment and again and again where prayer is being answered or we can see God's hand at work and it encourages us when things become more difficult. It's the importance of holding on to truth. Paul here in this passage is urging Timothy to do just that, to look to Jesus, to look at what Jesus has done, to realise that because of Jesus we are loved by God and to remind ourselves using scripture of the truth and the reality that we can find within its pages. We may need endurance and patience and faith. And as it says in verse 10, even in the face of opposition or persecution or suffering, we need patience and endurance and faith. But God has equipped us for all that we may face. That's why it's so important that we do read our Bibles. It's why it's important not just to read our Bibles, but to apply what it is that we find within its pages. That's why spending time studying together either on our own or with a friend or through the Wednesdays at RBC or in our small groups or on church on Sunday, all of those opportunities are designed to encourage us and train us and gain knowledge of what we find within the Bible. Because all of those things will stop us from going off the pathway, will stop us going towards the darkness rather than the light. So it's really important we hold on to the truth. But secondly, it's also important of knowing our purpose. According to N.T. Wright, he says this, Christian ministry is about receiving a particular calling and getting on with it. It may be difficult or painful at times, but you didn't sign on in order to have an easy life. What is required is not success as the world regards success, but loyalty and perseverance. Now, in the start of that, you might have just heard those two words, Christian ministry, and thought, well, that's okay. It doesn't apply to me. I'm not a minister. I don't need to listen to this anymore. But actually, that's not what N.T. Wright is saying. And that's not what any of us who are Christians um, it applies to. Christian ministry just doesn't just mean ordained ministry like a minister or a Sunday school teacher or being a deacon or being um, an evangelist or whatever label you wish to use for someone to do a particular job that's recognised either within the church or wider in society. But Christian ministry is what all of us are called to do, which is to tell others about God. And in that context, if we read those words again, Christian ministry, 
all of us are called to it, is about receiving the particular calling and getting on with it. That particular calling is we've heard what God has done for us and we need to tell others about it. And N.T. Wright says it may be difficult or painful at times and some of us will have experienced that. But we didn't sign on, we didn't become a Christian in order to have an easy life. Because what is required is not success, as the world regards success, but loyalty and perseverance. So it is important that we know our purpose. And our purpose is to tell others about God. We need to share all that we have experienced with others so that they too can learn and realise how much God loves them. We need to be God's light and salt, those two analogies that we hear so often, and to be prepared to do the telling about Christ at a moment's notice, to talk about why we believe in God, what's God done in our lives, what difference he has made to us, how he's answered our prayers or led us in a particular way or opened a door for us to go through. And as it said in N.T. Wright, as it says here in the passage from 2 Timothy 3, yes, we probably will face opposition and trouble and aggravation for doing so. And that's why we need the patience and the endurance and the love that he talks about, Paul talks about here, to keep going. Because as it says in verse 1 of chapter 4, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, I give you this charge. Don't let us forget that we will be judged on how well we have fulfilled that purpose. The purpose of telling others about God, the purpose to preach the gospel, to tell others about what God means to us and how much he loves them. And that's why it's important to know our scriptures. That's why it's important to recognise God's hand at work in our lives. And that's why it's important to know our purpose, to hold on to the truth and to keep going, to have that perseverance, even when sometimes things become tough. I don't know if you've ever tried to diet. How many times do we see diets or weight loss programs being featured on our television week in, week out? Maybe it's drink this and you'll lose weight or swallow that and you'll lose weight or do this or don't do that. All of them, whether it's an advert or a person, it's all about telling us what we can or we can't do. But the sad reality is that any of us who are trying to lose weight want to do it in as easy a way as we possibly can. And if we could just take a tablet and carry on living and eating in exactly the same way as we always have done, that would be amazing if the weight just fell off. But a diet isn't like that. Losing weight isn't just like that. Any of us who knows have tried and we know it requires hard work. We know it requires commitment. We know it involves a change of lifestyle. And so the phrases go on. There is no quick fix solution to losing weight. The purpose, our knowing our purpose is as Christians, is not to recognise that 
when we first became a Christian, we recognised that we were sinful, we asked God to forgive us, and then we started living our lives as a Christian, but actually doing exactly the same as we were before. No. Our purpose as a Christian is on having recognised God's love for us, having asked God to forgive us and acknowledge Jesus as Lord, is to then continue and tell others about it, to, to use our faith and our growing knowledge of God over the many years to share that with others. That's why it is, as I've said, important to keep on going on, to read our Bibles, to spend time in study. And as Corrie ten Boom said, when you find yourself in the middle of a long dark tunnel, then is not the time to get off the train. If our faith is so weak that as soon as we hit a problem, we give up on God, then we've not put the hard work in on learning more about God and reading his scriptures and spending time with our Christian brothers and sisters and growing in our faith and maturity. If we give up at God on the first moment, no. What we need to do is use that experience and knowledge of God and of how much God's loved us to build us up in our faith so that we can indeed know our purpose and then share that purpose with others. So thirdly, recognising our commission, we will receive our reward. The time of recording this towards the end of June, it is still unclear when or whether, rather, the Summer Olympics will actually go ahead because of the rising cases of COVID. But even if the Olympics don't go ahead, I'm sure many of us have watched Olympics or athletics or we've watched our own children on a sports day and we realise there is invariably one of the races that's involved is a relay race. And there's where that group of athletes or children or sportsmen and women are running around a course for however long a distance, passing that baton on from one person to another in the quickest possible time, preferably without dropping the baton, in order to get to the winning line first. And when we read these last few verses from 2 Timothy 4, we realise that Paul knew full well that he was approaching the end of his human race. But what he was wanting to say to Timothy is, I've told you all this, I've taught you all this, but you now need to take my baton, the baton of telling others and share that good news one with another. And if you like, that baton has been passed on to us all the way through the ages so that we continue to pass the baton on to others. Paul is saying to Timothy here, use your upbringing and your knowledge of God, that which your mother and your grandmother has taught you, that which I have taught you and which you've learned over the many years, to use your training and your experience from being with me, Paul, and what you've learned over time in order to take that message on into the future. Paul knew his time was drawing to a close. And he knew that he would be judged for how he had lived his life. In these last few verses, we read, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. 
and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. It's a lovely image, isn't it? I could spend a long time just talking about those last two verses. But Paul knew when he's writing those few verses that he had fought. He'd fought physically against the stoning and the persecution and the imprisonment. He'd fought um, over the many miles that he'd travelled and against the shipwrecks and against all that he faced. But he also had fought a spiritual battle. That's why he told uh, in the book of, in the, in the letter to the Ephesian churches about wearing and the importance of wearing the spiritual armour. Because he has been in a fight. But he was able to proclaim in this last couple of verses for tonight that he had kept the faith and there was in store for him the crown of righteousness. We will be judged. If we've been faithful and honourable to what God has called us to, we will receive our reward. And yes, we may have wobbled along the way and we may have needed to ask for forgiveness along the way. But if we've known our importance, if, we, if, we've, if we've known the importance of our purpose, if we've hung on to our faith despite what we have gone through, if we've recognised that commission that we've all been given, we will indeed receive our reward. And that reward won't be tarnished, it won't wither away like the crown of righteousness uh, or the, the crown that the Olympic runners may have received when it's made out of the laurel leaves. But it's a crown that promises us eternal life and that gives us hope in the midst of all that we are facing. I want to share with you a prayer that I found, and many of us will recognise if we did the course and read the book, a prayer that Pete Gregg used in his book, God on Mute, which just recognises how sometimes we are weak, but God can help us to be strong. God can help us to recognise just what we need to do in order to hold on to the truth. Just what we need to do when we need to know our purpose and when we need to recognise our commission. And so I invite you, as I slowly read this prayer, to maybe sit in your homes or wherever you're watching this and close your eyes and let ourselves say this to God. Lord, help me to stand today. When, when temptations and trials abound. When life hurts and I get confused and dishonest or suspicious and critical. Help me to put on the belt of truth. When life hurts, my relationships suffer, especially my relationship with you. Help me to put on the breastplate of righteousness. When life hurts, I either get really lazy or I make myself really busy. 
help me to put on the shoes of the gospel. When life hurts, I let down my guard and I leave myself exposed. Help me to take up the shield of faith. When life hurts, my thinking gets negative and I question everything. Help me to put on the helmet of salvation. When life hurts and I'm a coward, help me to take hold of the sword of the word. Lord, it doesn't feel very finished down here. I don't feel very finished. You may see me kneeling, but I ask you to help me stand and go on. Amen. As we think about that prayer, we're going to have the words of the chorus to turn our eyes upon Jesus. And maybe for some of us, we want to just remain in quiet reflection as we hear the words of this song. Let us pray. Loving Heavenly Father, we thank you that when we are weak, you help to make us strong. We thank you for that imagery of the armour of God that helps us at times when we find things difficult. <coughs> help us to keep our eyes fixed on you and recognise that it's not in our own abilities that we need to trust, but it is in you and in all that you have done for us, in the love that you have for us. Help us to know the importance of the truth that will enable us to fulfil our purpose and to bring that commission of telling others about you so that we will indeed run our race and know that we can receive our reward. Help us to recognise that it's not through I, not through me, not through you, but it's through Christ working in us. Amen. And that's our next song. And so our time together has come to an end and we say the words wherever we may be. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all both now and forevermore. Amen. Good night and God bless. And enjoy the closing uh, song that will be played as the uh, computers get turned off around and about. Guide me, O thou great Redeemer. <laughs>